is I, your host, Justine Monique, back at you to get into another blog post from the OK Vibes blog located at okvibes.wordpress.com, darling. And I hope you enjoyed that clip for this week's intro to the show. That is none other than the spectacular Jim Carrey playing this wild ass representative for Juice Weasel, which is a false product, on a skit from in Living Color, if y'all don't know that popular show from back in the day, came out during my childhood. Of course, when I was sneaking and watching it, I was not supposed to be watching because I had a lot of, you know, adult humor in it, but I didn't get it. I just thought that shit was fun and looked cool, you know? And David Allen Greer is also in this particular skit with him. So, of course, as I like to do because I like helping people out, you know what I'm saying? I dropped a link in the show notes so y'all can go back and watch the full skit. Please do yourself a favor if you need something to make you smile, make you laugh real quick, go and check out that full clip. But for now, let's get into the blog post titled Juicy, published on February 15th, 2021. Juicy. Over the weekend, I completed a one-day juice cleanse per Lemonkind's one-day reset core juice cleanse. It's what I needed to jumpstart getting back on track with eating better. As I've mentioned before, my diet has gone downhill. It's been time to get it together. I was expecting to feel hungry based on previous fasting methods I've taken up, but the juices held me over and I didn't feel thirsty between drinking juices either. It also helped that they're delicious. I unconsciously swallowed a tiny piece of my dead lip skin during the process, but that barely counts as solid food, right? 
I felt lighter halfway through the cleanse, but not so clear-headed since I had a menstrual-induced headache. Of course, my period popped up a day before the cleanse, but I didn't let that postpone me. If anything, it may have been beneficial since I tend to eat smaller portions when I'm making strawberry jam. The day after, I had only purified water for breakfast, raw pineapple and strawberries, plus crackers with oolong tea for lunch, and two homemade beef tacos with a little seasoned beef, tomato, lettuce, cheese, and salsa for dinner. I'm kicking myself for buying six boxes of Girl Scout cookies. I'll try and eat them in moderation. Thinking I should do a quarterly one-day juice cleanse just to keep my body in line. I will reduce my recent tendency to eat out more than once a week, especially when it comes to fast food. It's also affecting my waistline, and I'd rather not waste money replacing my current wardrobe due to a couple of pounds accrued by poor eating habits. It's not okay. Everything in moderation. So, nearly a year and a half whatever later, you know, I'm not that great at math, but (laughs) I did another one day juice cleanse using the same juice cleanse kit that I purchased from Lemonkind because it's affordable. The ingredients are great. I had awesome results beforehand and it's just hard to me to find a juice cleanse kit at the price point Lemonkind has has theirs for, sorry, that's worth the money. And I can actually see the damn results, okay? Like, I'm telling you, when I tell y'all I feel lighter, I feel clearer, it is no joke, okay? And besides that, a lot of places, because I did a lot of research, and even before I decided to go back to LemonCon and purchase this kid, I was like, maybe there's some other competition out here with the same type of offerings. But no, nothing that I felt would suit me or was for more than one day. And I'm like, listen, I just want to do this for a day. (laughs) I want to do this healthily. I want to get the results I'm looking for. Um, And I had also been falling off with doing my uh, monthly or at least monthly uh, detoxing. So I was getting into that before, but I fell off doing that. You know, I just, I, I got to admit to y'all ever since like the top of the summer, I had just gotten lazy when it came to cooking. Like I just been overcooking and that's also what had me eating out a little more because I was getting back on track with that shit again, y'all. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, oh, let me just hit up this little McDonald's right now. Let me hit up this other little fast food place. You know, I just picking up a lot of frozen meals and things because I just was not in the mood. I'm not feeling it. I don't love cooking. I don't hate it. I'm just indifferent. I just do it for survival purposes, okay? I don't get passionate about it or anything like that. But anyway, so I'm just trying to give y'all a backstory on why I ended up going back to doing this one-day juice cleanse. I just felt like I really needed it. And uh, as before, I don't have a gr- this crazy constant appetite. And that's another reason why I know when I do need to do some kind of cleanse or fast because I end up just eating a lot more than I do. I'm just snacking way more than I need to instead of eating like the three balanced meals or maybe two depending on what time of day I wake up and having like a decent balanced snack, so to speak. And it's not that I'm trying to aim to eat healthy all day, every day, all the time, because I feel like that's impossible. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's some people who do it, but I am a real human. (laughs) When I say I'm a real human, that means I really get cravings for things. I really sometimes just have a taste for something. And all of those things aren't going to be a thousand percent fucking healthy. You know, sometimes I'm going to want to hit up the Taco Bell, get a little Nacho Bell Grande. Okay, I know that's not the healthiest thing, but sometimes I just have a fucking taste for it. And I see no issue with having something like that if you do it in moderation. 
Like, if I go and have that nacho bell grande, like, I don't know, every other month, is that really hurting me as long I'm, as I'm eating a mostly balanced diet? You know what I'm saying, y'all? I'm sure y'all know what I'm saying. But, yeah, what really alerted me, too, was um, seeing in the mirror one day, I was looking at myself naked out the shower, and I'm like, oh, no, my belly's looking a little bigger than it should be looking. What the fuck is going on here? So I did do a T-tox. And that helped clear things out some, but I was like, you know what? I, I need to go a step further. Got to go a step further. Going to do this one day juice cleanse. Bam. And here I am looking in the mirror at myself naked. And I'm like, yeah, mama's liking what she sees. Yeah, yeah. Here she go. Here she go. So in thinking about juicing and just the importance of how much I enjoy it and whatnot, even though, again, I only do it every now and then as far as these juice cleanses once in a while when I feel like it's necessary. It had me thinking more about how back in, uh, what was it, like the 80s and the 90s, the juice cleanses were so popular. Like, that was a huge thing. People just running out and buying juicers. And then I think at some point the trend came back around again recently. Uh, not super recently, but maybe, well, like a couple years ago or something. People started getting heavy back into the juicing and buying juicers. And I even thought about buying a juicer, but... You know, my wallet was like, mm -mm. <laughs> I don't think you should be buying yourself a juicer. And plus, a lot of them take up a lot of real estate in your kitchen. You know, so I'm like, if I buy this big fucking juicer, it, I've got to be using it at least once a week, right? And I thought about it. I'm like, I'm not going to commit to this. <laughs> I'm not going to commit to this the way I probably should. Am I really going to be buying fresh produce to juice and really doing this, you know? And am I really going to use all of this waste product that happens, you know, like the pulp and shit? Am I really going to be able to repurpose that, you know? But I think today's juicers, you might be able to really just get it all. So maybe that's not even an issue anymore about what you're going to do with that rind and the pulp and the seeds and stuff. I think a lot of the new juicers, they just grind that shit up and make it happen for you. But anyhow, it had me thinking more about all this, which is another thing that led me to that whole In Living Color clip with Jim Carrey and the damn juice weasel. You know, because, hey, if you don't know what an infomercial is, that was essentially a rip on a damn infomercial because they were so popular. I don't know if they're still around and I have no idea. I, I rarely, shit, rarely, might as well just say I never watch TV in real time anymore because, hey, we could just stream shit. We don't need to wait around for things like that. So I can't even tell you if infomercials exist or not anymore. I have no idea. If you know, let me know. But anyhow, I started doing some more research, y'all. Y'all know I like doing that. And, of course, I was curious about the history of juice. Like, somebody tell me about this history of juice. So, when I just Googled history of juice, of course, who came up? Wikipedia. Love you, Wikipedia. You have so much information, and I know some of it could be questionable because, you know, people can lie and shit like that. However, what are you going to do? If you cite your sources and I check your sources, a.k.a. fact-checking, then what more can I really question? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what else we could do to prove or disprove something. But anyway, so Wikipedia says in regards to juice that juice is a drink made from the extraction or pressing of the natural liquid contained in fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And then it continues on by saying it can also refer to liquids that are flavored with concentrate or other biological food sources, such as meat or seafood, such as clam juice. Mm. Juice is commonly consumed as a beverage or used as an ingredient or flavoring in foods or other beverages, such as smoothies. 
Juice emerged as a popular beverage choice after the development of pasteurization methods enabled its preservation without using fermentation, which is used in wine production. The largest fruit juice consumers are New Zealand, nearly a cup or eight ounces each day, and Colombia, more than three quarters of a cup each day. Fruit juice consumption on average increases with a country's income level. Now that's very interesting. So you trying to tell me if you're rich, you just a fucking juice feed. You're like a little fucking juice hoarder because you have all this juice because of all that cash you have to spend on the juice. Now that's very interesting. And now that I'm thinking about it, when I was younger and had a couple rough financial times, <laughs> you know, mother was not always able to get us that 100% juice. If anything seemed rare to have 100% juice, you might have something, when you read that label, it might say contains 4% juice. Or you end up getting some shit called like grape drink or orange drink, okay? <laughs> Which was just this watered down, sugary fucking shit with some artificial coloring and flavoring in it, trying to pass for some real juice because you couldn't afford that authentic OG juice, you know what I'm saying? So that is very interesting. And, you know, when I think about my childhood, of course, juice drinking was a huge part of it. You know, when it came to my diet, I was always drinking some juice or some of that drink because, again, as I said, y'all, didn't always have access to the real juice. You know, mother could not always afford that, and that's okay. However... If I had to think about what juice did I really get down with the most as a child, man, I always loved some fucking orange juice. Oh, I always loved some orange juice and, of course, apple juice, which seems like it is a quote-unquote kid beverage. You know, I feel like I only see kids offered apple juice, which I think is silly as hell because apple juice should be enjoyed by all ages. And I can say for sure myself every now and again, I just want some apple juice. I just have a taste for some apple juice and I'll get some. I'm like, mm, why am I not consuming this more often? But I will say as an adult, I don't have juice that often unless it's in a cocktail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's true. And even right now, y'all, I am enjoying myself a uh, what is being touted <laughs> on the label as a flavored beer. But where I come from and when I grew up, we were calling these uh, wine coolers, okay, because, uh, you know, I guess it was a low-down wine, you know, is one of them low-income-level wines, and this is what we called it, you know, malt liquor. <laughs> Let's get fancy about it. And this particular flavor has wild berries, you know, telling us that they got some strawberry, raspberry, blueberry, and blackberry flavors up in here. And it even says that it's made with natural flavor. But is it, though? Is it, though? Like, how much actual juice is up in here? Probably none, y'all. I bet there's no juice. It's probably like 0.9% juice in this fucking thing. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, the point is, I don't consume juice that much anymore. But here's also the reason why I cut down on my juice, y'all, is because when I'm looking at these labels, because I'm always looking at a nutrition label, Always, I've been like this for the longest time. I think ever since I even learned about nutrition labels and the importance of them and the shit they're supposed to tell you about in school. I don't know when that was in school for me, but now it's just like, I can't not look at the nutrition facts. I have to look at the label. And when I started reading these labels and thinking about my sugar consumption, because at one point in time, y'all, I was heavily addicted to some uh, processed sugar, baby. I couldn't go a day without a candy bar too. 
And I started looking at the labels and I'm like, oh my gosh, this has X amount of grams per sugar, what? And that's what helped me to really kick the soda habit I had. Cause oh baby, it was terrible. I was drinking soda way too damn much. Um, and again, just doing my research and being more mindful of what I'm consuming. That's what also led me to say, you know what? Me and juice need to chill the fuck out because there is a shitload of added sugars up in here. And even the stuff that was essentially or <laughs> claimed to be, um, natural sugar sometimes was on the high end as well. And I'm like, damn juice. Why juice? So <laughs> I started cutting down on that shit because again, I'm, just always been paranoid about getting diabetes because my mama made her beautiful chocolate soul rest in peace. Moment of silence for her. Okay. She had diabetes and I was always concerned about getting diabetes myself. So I was like, okay, what can we do to get this shit under control? We got to stop eating these fucking candy bars every day. We got to calm down on this fucking juice. We got to ixnay on the soda A. So I rarely have sodas now. I'm not as strict about those things. But again, I don't really crave it like that. You know, it's once in a while I might decide, you know what? I really want myself a cola, <laughs> you know, and then I get myself a cola. Um, same thing with the juice, you know, or if I go out to, let's say a Thai restaurant and they have that Thai iced tea. I mean, come on y'all, that shit is sweet. I don't know how many grams of sugar is in it, but I know it's fucking delicious. And if they serve in it, I'll take it. And even with a lot of cocktails, as y'all know, this shit got a lot of sugar in it too. But again, y'all, everything in moderation. So yeah, if I had to think about as an adult at this moment, what is my favorite type of juice? If I could just name one juice of all the juices. For me, it's gonna have to be sweetened cranberry juice, not highly sweetened. Maybe I should say lightly sweetened cranberry juice because I've had regular cranberry juice and oh my gosh, <laughs> it is not pleasant to savor. It's not pleasant to drink. It is very good for you though. And I, I like a little of that tart and I like a little of that sweet. So if y'all are wondering, am I talking about like the white cranberry juice? No, no, no. I'm talking about the OG red cranberry juice. Okay. That is the one for me. I can drink that any fucking time and don't have some rum or vodka around because I'm going to throw that in a mix. Okay. <laughs> delicious, very delicious. And apparently very good for you. If you got yourself a uh, uterine system going, you know, it's very good for that time. You know, if you got a, what you call it, a urinary tract infection, they say it's very good for that too. So yeah, cranberry juice for the win for me. However, back to talking about the juicing trend and all these good things. I do love myself a smoothie. For sure, I love a damn smoothie. I think even some years ago when I was really heavy into like making my own homemade smoothies, I posted one or two smoothie recipes on the OK Vibes blog. Why don't y'all go look, go into the search bar and just hit smoothie and you can find the recipes for yourself. You're welcome. So I went on the internet as I do perusing on the internet and I saw a Vice article, which shout out to Vice.com. I like Vice. I, I, their articles really draw me in of things that I am interested in. I see that they have an article titled License to Kale, a concentrated history of juice crazes. So I would like to get into that with y'all. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. License to Kale, a concentrated history of juice crazes. From biblical remedies to Jack LaLanne, Welch's Grape to Blake Lively, humans have always loved juice. This has juice ever loved us? By Amanda Arnold, published on May 23rd, 2016 at 12.15 p.m. It's 2016, 
a year during which people are willing to spend 40 plus dollars to go on something called Juice Crawl, a three hour long event that involves working out for an hour, pre-gaming and then binge drinking up to 30 different kinds of juice. Many were keen on being able to let loose on nothing more than juice, the New York Post reported after the very first event last year. The Pub Crawl Meets Juice Lifestyle organization featured that very quote as a positive testimony on its website, alongside several photos of manic-looking participants posing in matching Juice Crawl t-shirts. While the word most commonly evokes images of bourgeois yoga instructors dropping obscene amounts of money on beverages that aren't even alcoholic, juice can refer to any liquid extracted from cells, whether those make up a tomato or a piece of chicken. And over the past few centuries, it has meant quite a few things. It's been a topical baldness remedy. It's been a wine alternative. It's even been a cure for cancer. And while we've been guzzling juice one way or another since, well, forever, we've arrived in a time where juice is no longer a beverage, but a cultish lifestyle in which more than 10,000 people will envy a photo of a Lululemon-clad woman in front of a brick wall, her feet crossed to show off her new salmon-colored Nikes, clutching a $10 kale cucumber lean green machine with almond-shaped Essie-glossed fingernails. We've all seen that Instagram. At one time or another, we've all liked it. You can't help but wonder, how do we end up here? Let there be juice. Given that mankind has had to eat to stay alive since the beginning of time, and juice as a substance has always existed, it's impossible to put a timestamp on the first juice. We can, however, reference the first documented juice, which dates back to sometime between 100 BC to 70 AD. According to Stephen Bailey's Juice Alive, the ultimate guide to juicing remedies, the Dead Sea Scrolls recommend a pounded mash of pomegranate and fig to give you profound strength and subtle form. From that point on, evidence of juicing appeared in almost all ancient civilizations, Rome, Greece, India, and on and on. A meat juice for what ails you? Unsurprisingly, people around the world have been doing crazy shit with juice in the name of wellness for ages. And foods that changed history, how food shaped civilization from the ancient world to the present, Christopher Cuomo documents some of its weirdest uses. Physicians administering antiseptic garlic juice to soldiers' wounds during World War I, Bahamians rubbing onion juice on their chests to relieve congestion, 16th century bald men standing in the sun while rubbing onion juice on the scalp to stimulate the hair follicles. While some of Juice's uses were backed by legitimate studies, like 17th century sailors taking spoonfuls of lemon and lime juice to prevent scurvy, others, not so much. In the 1873 book, A Brief History of the Production of Valentine's Meat Juice, a man by the name of Man S. Valentine bottled and sold meat juice, which was made up of blood and all the weird liquids one can extract from a piece of raw beef, and claimed it was a cure-all. Nauseated? Have yourself some meat juice on the rocks. Can't shit? Add some gelatin to your meat juice and make some meat juice jelly to slather on toast. Suffering from melancholia? Meat juice makes a mean enema. Having used the meat juice, which represents all the soluble elements of beef in the most assimilable form, in many obstinate and almost hopeless cases of disease, I can confidently recommend it to the favorable consideration of the medical profession. J.B. McCall, M.D., testified. 
a sugary legacy. Come the late 19th century, religious figures realized how to weasel their way into the world of juice to make a profit for God. In 1869, a New York dentist Methodist minister by the name of Thomas Bramwell Welch recognized that Jesus-loving temperance advocates were in distress about how they couldn't drink wine at communion because they were morally opposed to alcohol. So Welch started a side hustle producing unfermented sacramental wine, or grape juice. But given that he didn't really know how the hell to advertise a product, his business suffered and ceased to exist just four years after it had started. That is, until his son Charles stepped in. He changed the business's name from Dr. Welch's Grape Juice to the much cooler Welch's Grape Juice, and then started advertising in publications like Collier's, Red Book, Cosmopolitan, and Good Housekeeping with claims of his juice's ability to cure of everything from typhoid fever to parentonitis, all forms of chronic diseases except diabetes mellitus, Thomas Penny noted in A History of Wine in America from the Beginnings to Prohibition. According to Andrew F. Smith, author of Food and Drink in American History, a full course encyclopedia, Welch even founded two pamphlets, The Acorn and The Progress, in which he paired bomb-ass anti-alcohol content with juice ads. Hit with the temperance movement slang, he took the popular slogan, The lips that touch wine will never touch mine, and altered it to the very creative, The lips that touch Welch's are all that touch mine. In 1893, Welch set up at the Columbian Exposition in Chicago, where thousands of people sipped his purple elixir. Through all his efforts, the American fruit juice industry was born, Smith writes. In 1913, William Jennings Bryan, Secretary of State under Woodrow Wilson, organized a dinner honoring the British ambassador, James Bryce, and the cups overflowed with Welch's. In 1914, Secretary of the Navy, Josephus Daniels, banned booze on his ships and supplied sailors with grape juice instead. But come actual prohibition in 1920, Welch has actually suffered due to the newest cool drink on the market, soda. By this time, Daddy Welch was long gone, and in 1926, Charles died at his winter home in Auburn, Maine. In 1945, a man by the name of Jacob M. Kaplan ended up buying the business. The National Great Cooperative Association then acquired it in 1954. With $82 million delivered in net proceeds in 2015, according to Welch's 2015 annual report, the sugary legacy of the father-son duo still flows through our blood today. Dr. Vitamin. Aside from coffee, there are few drinks as closely associated with the American breakfast as orange juice. According to Cuomo and Foods That Changed History, the earliest consumption of the sweet citrus juice dates back to 18th century North America, and in the late 1880s, men in suits figured they could make a profit off it. The Southern California Fruit Exchange started in 1893. Fifteen years later, it came to be known as Sunkissed and it flooded Americans with advertisements celebrating orange juice as a wholesome, vitamin-packed drink. According to Cuomo, between 1920 and 1940, consumption of orange juice tripled, but more so than sun-kissed. We have a manipulative man by the name of Elver McCullum, dubbed Dr. Vitamin, by Time Magazine, to thank. McCullum, a biochemist, made us crazy for vitamins when he made everyone lose their shit over acidosis, a condition in which you have too much acid in your bloodstream. It's caused by eating too much bread, dairy, and meat. 
It sounds bad. But McCullum told America not to worry. Just up your lettuce and citrus fruit consumption and you'll be fine. Naturally, Sunkiss used this advice as fodder for advertising. People began freaking out over oranges, and when frozen concentrated juice was patented in 1946, providing mass market potential for orange juice for the first time ever, we were extra thirsty. Consumption of the juice tripled again between 1950 and 1960, at which time the average American was downing a disgusting 20 pounds of it per year. It was only 1998 that consumption began to fall. Perhaps it had something to do with the fact that drinking a lot of fruit juice causes type 2 diabetes and childhood obesity. All you need is juice. While nuclear families were busy filling their bodies with OJ, in the 1920s and 30s, a German scientist and British businessman were independently turning juice from a wholesome drink into an actual lifestyle. Their names were Max Gerson and Norman Walker. And their names live on through an institute and a machine, respectively. Gerson, author of 1958's A Cancer Therapy, Results of 50 Cases, told people sick with everything from cancer to migraines to stop looking for cures and evil, unnatural medicine, as the path to healing was simple. Eat three salt-free, plant-based meals a day, and then find a way to chug 13 glasses of raw carrot apple and green juices made from only the freshest organic fruits and vegetables, a practice that came to be known as Gerson therapy. Drinking so much super-fresh juice would have been difficult had Gerson been born a decade or few earlier, but thankfully, Walker was around. In 1936, he invented the world's first juicer, the Norwalk. He preached a lifestyle similar to Gerson's, drink a shit ton of fresh juice and eat raw vegetables, all of which he deemed living food. And best of all, it was simple. Just shell out $2,500 for a Norwalk 280 and you'll quickly be alleviated of everything that ails you, except maybe credit card debt. After the Norwalk, juice devotees and their machines kept coming. In 1955, the world got its first masticating juicer, the champion. In 1971, Musclehead Jack LaLanne created the Power Juicer, and in 1991, Jay Cordich, the father of juicing, released the Juice Man, paging OJ the Juice Man. About 2 million extractors, priced from $30 to $300, sold in 1992. And manufacturers predict strong sales again, the New York Daily News report in 1993. As the father of juicing said in a 2013 interview with Well and Good, Everybody is a juice machine. Unfortunately, he continued, most bodies are really inept at getting the juice out of the plant. Instead of chewing each mouthful of living food, the recommended 50 times, just buy a juicer. It's a small price to pay to free yourself of worry about the efficacy of your own digestive juices. You will, in fact, lose weight. In the late 1990s, people started to realize that if you replace all the solid foods in your diet with proteinless, fiberless juice, you will in fact lose weight. But it wasn't until we saw toned, dewy-faced celebrities embrace the glamorous fad diet that we started frequenting Liquitaria, Juice Press, Juice Generation, and Organic Avenue. In the 2000s, the internet started churning out article after article about the fitness and eating habits of our favorite celebrities, the majority of whom were women, naturally. And we became obsessed. The best part, we were able to steal their go-to juice diets, whereas Blake Lively was a fan of the $65-a-day blueprint juice cleanse, Nicole Richie 
Jessica Alba, and Miranda Carr were partial to the Press Juicery's $199 three-day cleanse. More interested in what Kim Kardashian, Camila Alves, and Sofia Vergara are doing? Check out Ritual Cleanse, only $72 a day. Juice announces that you are hip to the trends, part of the scene that includes Gwyneth Paltrow, Sama Hayek, and other toned-and-together celebrity Juice fans featured in Star Magazine. Vanessa Gregorialdis wrote in a 2013 article on New York Magazine's The Cut. Juice says, you don't do manual labor, you make money with your fingers in the new economy. Nails painted, a cherry neon, or pastel gel as you text. Maybe just try eating your vegetables. As soon as we hit peak juice in the early 2010s, people began to whisper, maybe subsisting solely on pulverized vegetables isn't the best way to live. People see juicing as a time to start fresh, and juicing is often associated with detoxing or cleansing. Trisha Soda, a nutritionist at the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Center for Nutrition Policy and Promotion, says in the 2014 Los Angeles Times article, Health experts throw water on your juice cleanse. But, she notes, our GI gastrointestinal tract is set up to naturally detox. Earlier this year, Cosmopolitan ran the story, Why Your Detox is Bullshit, citing the ridiculously high cost of juicing as well as the lack of scientific evidence of its health benefits. Earlier this month, the New York Times came in with the article, Fancy Juice Doesn't Cleanse Your Body of Toxins. The point is in the headline. And while the Los Angeles Times reported in January 2015 that the cold-pressed juice market was pulling $100 million a year just last fall, we watched the collapse of the Great Organic Avenue, one of the New York juice shops that kick-started the green juice craze in 2002. That is, until an investment firm poured money back into the business and reopened stores last week. While in no way is juicing dead, it appears that some consumers as all consumers should, are actually thinking about their expensive lifestyles. Discovering that our juice habit is maybe not the best thing for us is just a consequence of this higher level of thinking. Plus, watching celebrities do weird shit with juice is way more fun than sucking it down. Well, 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 I hope y'all enjoyed that article because I did. And has it turned me off from juicing? No, because it's not like I go that hard in it anyway. Hell, I told y'all <laughs> near the top of the show about how I was researching to f- try to find an affordable one-day juice cleanse. I don't feel like I could ever go beyond doing one day of a juice cleanse. I know some years ago I did do a two-day liquid fast. I did that, and that's all I did was just have, like, soup and water and juice. Clearly, as the title of it would indicate, just liquids. That was fucking tough, <laughs> okay? But I did it. And I do feel like there's nothing wrong with doing a natural detox within reason, not necessarily every day, but as a somewhat of a daily detox for myself, I do like drinking lemon water. You know, I, if I even when I go out to eat, I like to have myself a glass of lemon water. I don't always finish it all, especially if I have a cocktail or two, but it's there, you know? And I know people are like, oh, just drink regular water. You don't need the lemon. But I like the lemon, number one, because of the flavor. Number two, because it does have some detoxification properties. So leave me alone. I'll have my fucking lemon water. Anyway, <laughs> I was happy to read that and get all the skinny 
about juicing and the trend and all of that. And I hope y'all really enjoyed this episode and got something out of it, learned a little something, something. And if you haven't already, go subscribe to the OK Vibes blog located at okvibes.wordpress.com and check me out on Instagram and Twitter, aka X, at Justy Monique, J-U-S-T-I-N-E-M-O-N-I-K-U-E. And look at my Amazon author page so you can see all of my works that are for sale. In particular, my latest creation, OK Vibes, the poetry, which I handpicked myself over a nearly a decade of poems published on the OK Vibes blog for y'all to enjoy and just bask in the ambience of. But okay, my people, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the love you give me and the feedback from the show. And you will get to hear from me again next Thursday at 12, 12 p.m. EST. That's Eastern Standard Time if you didn't know. Bye!